Welcome to a special bonus episode celebrating the 29th annual Canadian Grand Prix New Product Awards finalists. Sylvain and I are thrilled to be a sponsor of these prestigious awards for the third year in a row and have the chance to hand out the hardware on the stage IRL to the winners in person for the first time. We've had the opportunity to meet and get to know many fantastic food innovators and entrepreneurs, creators and makers, from consumer brands to private retail labels. These are their stories. Mary, welcome to the Food Professor podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you both? Uh, I'm great. Sylvain, how are yeah. you? You're, how's your summer going? I see I see you on television, but you and I haven't been on the mic for a little bit. How are you? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's been uh, the weather is cooperating now finally in the uh, in the Atlantic, so we're getting some n- nice sunshine over the next couple of days. It's going to be really hot, uh, not as hot as Ontario, but uh, it's getting hot, so it's great. I'm 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 I'm, I'm ho- I hope that you're getting uh, some good weather and uh, you're mm-hmm. taking you're keeping cool in Ontario, both of you. <laughs> yes, trying yeah. to. Yeah, the grass exactly. is very dry. The grass is very, very dry and crunchy. I suspect so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no question. Well, um, once again, Mary, thanks for joining us. I mean, you've let's let's start talking, let's talk about you for a little bit, um, so that we get to know you a bit better. You and I have something in common. We both worked at Hudson's Bay uh back in our in our past. I see you yes. I see that. And uh you got a rich history in in uh, for some great retailers. So tell us about your background and and uh what you've been doing in retail, and then we'll get you all the way up to what you do today at Sobeys. Sounds good. Thank you uh, again for having me. Um, so yeah, very, very large background in retail. I did work at Hudson's Bay Company um, for about six years. I uh, really started off there, finance and, you know, that flair for fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I moved along to Rexall and then Target, which was really my first entry into grocery. I ran the Dairy and Frozen Desk. I um, actually worked with Sobeys at the time when they were the wholesaler for Target mm-hmm. and um, helped represent Starbucks within the stores uh, and, of course, ran the private label there as well. So very big job, very enjoyable job. Uh, when they exited, I went to Walmart, um, went back to General Merchandise and uh, landed at Sobeys, which is a great company. Um, I am the director of own brands or private label grocery for ambient grocery and OTC, uh, busy job, seen it change quite a bit in the last yeah. four years um, with COVID and everything that's gone on, but really enjoyable. And we're making great strides right now in own brands. So couldn't be happier to be here. Assuming, are you involved with, with Panache, for example, and, uh, and other uh, brands that you have over at Sobeys? Yeah, so definitely Panache would be our better tier brand. It yeah. would be um, the brand that's a little slightly differentiated. We get to have a little more fun with Panache. It's it's not that's so much right. with me too. Um, we can really dabble with that with some luxe flavors and, and really um, some differentiation. So definitely involved in Panache um, for my portfolio. Uh, Best Buy, which is our opening price point. We also right. play a little bit there. And then, of course, we have our Southeast Asian brand, which is Eight Treasures. Uh, we have a variety of items there. And we're also working on another South Asian brand mm. um, that we'll be launching later this year. So, you know, no rest, lots going on, but lots of great brands coming forward. So we're pretty Absolutely. excited about where we're going right now. I uh, You may not know this, Mary, but uh, about a few years ago, uh, Michael Medline came to, to Dal and uh, sat into into uh, one of our live case studies with, with our MBA students. So I wrote a 
uh, a case uh, on Sobe's uh, private labeling strategy. So we spent three hours. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, in a live session with Michael. Michael was listening and he was actually in the room. He listened for three hours uh, very patiently, uh, hearing 60 MBA students talking about his business, about wow. private labeling in general. And uh, so I, I, I did learn a great deal. I had to interview a bunch of folks over at Sobe's at the time and uh, learn a great deal about your strategy. But I absolutely, I have to agree with you, Mary. I think I think you guys have come a long way over the last few years, for sure. Yeah, we're we're and we're seeing it in the results. We really are. We're seeing it in the results. Um, obviously, right now too, there's a big appetite for private label and own brand in the market as inflation is through the roof. Um, mm-hmm. People are willing to try something new and make that switch. And I think we're delivering. I think when they're trying our products, they're realizing these are terrific products, right? And that's why we're here today because, you know, we did yeah. very well with our plant-based dressing. Um, but a lot of our products just, they have such good flavor to them, the, the ingredients, the quality of ingredients. We're so proud of what we do. Um, so we're, we're pretty happy with the way things have been going. So thank you um, for that, Sylvain, for, for the compliment. And, and we agree, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> now, let, let me ask you a couple of quick follow-up questions. So uh, first of all, uh, you started your career at Hudson's Bay in retail. Now, retail has been described as the accidental career. Uh, how, how, did you, how did you find your way into Hudson's Bay? Did you always want to be a retailer or was it the, the skill set? Talk about that a bit. I actually started at Holt Renfrew. Mm. Um, and, you know, like every young girl, right? I want to go into fashion. I want to sit on the runway. I want to, you know, look at designer clothing. Yeah. And um, I realized I like numbers throughout mm. that process. I realized mm. I was really numbers based. Uh, so when I did start at Hutch- Hudson's Bay, I, I got an opportunity in finance and planning. Um, so that's where I started and that's where I really flourished. That's what I was good at. So what I love about grocery and what I really love about my job is I get to, you know, like everyone else, and like both of you on this call, I get to explore food and I have a passion for food and innovation in food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also get to marry that with some finances. You know, is this profitable? Does this make sense? Can I offer my customer value if I hit this cost? Um, so it's playing with all of those things that have really worked for me. Um, I think to be successful in retail, you have to have that sort of financial yeah. numerical base. And that's one thing I really love. And one thing that I've always been able to carry out from my career, uh, which has served me well. Well, it's, it's uh, I sometimes describe it, uh, so Van talk and I talk about it often, as the art and science, right? They're, there's both Absolutely. go into yeah. food, right? I mean, it has to taste amazing, but you have to, you know, you got to hit... You got to hit the numbers. Now, my second follow-up question is: Describe your category again. I think you said ambient. Um, ambient, so, yeah. Yeah. So, for those maybe less familiar with the uh, the arcane categorization of these things from the grocer's perspective, talk a little bit about you know what's in your what's in your pot- portfolio and uh, and and just you know flesh that out for for a few seconds for us. Sounds good. And that was very well phrased, by the way, Michael. Um, so think of the center of the store. When you walk through um, any supermarket and everything that's on the shelf, not the outside of the store that's in a freezer or in a refrigerator, think of that center of the store when you're buying um, any item that's on a shelf, that's what I manage. It's ambient grocery. So it's non-food. It's all of your impulse items, such as chips and shelf-stable beverages, as well as your packaged, your meal makers, your condiments, rice, oil, vinegar, all of those commodities that don't need refrigeration or not part of produce. Um, that is basically what I manage. And uh, it, again, it's where we're seeing a lot of the customers come back to, and we've seen them come back to in COVID uh, when they wanted that stability in their products. 
Well, Savannah, you've talked about how the center of the store had a bit of a revitalization, thanks in part to COVID, yeah? Yeah, uh, absolutely. More traffic, uh, more engagement, and uh, and more, and frankly, more innovation. And so that's why uh, what we're seeing, anyways, is that there's more uh, there's there's more engagement, more excitement in the center of the store. Absolutely, mm. and I suspect that Mary's kind of seeing the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I I feel like center of store. If you'd asked me four years ago, if I was here four years ago, I would say, oh, we have to find a way to you know. <laughs> Be more and and switch (laughs) right to that refrigerated section. And when COVID happened, I think people found security in a lot of those products, Mm. right? Like they were the traditional products that they used to buy. They were packaged um, categories that had been represented for years on shelf and people wanted those products. Like we saw an increase in canned vegetables, a big increase in canned vegetables and canned fruit where people felt, again, that security when buying those products. So I agree with um, Sylvain, quite frankly, that we are trying to innovate a little bit more in center of store because we've got that foot traffic back. We see it at Seattle. We see it uh, at the Cane Grand Prix. I mean, we see uh, that innovation is giving way more attention to the center of the store for sure. Mm-hmm. Is, is, so to not to use a non-ambient reference, is it a chicken and egg thing? So is, <laughs> is, is innovation driving interest in the category or is the category getting focused because there's more people walking those aisles, as you said? Would, would, is it a little bit of both? What do you think, Harry? Uh uh, from my opinion, and, and Sylvain, I'd love to hear what you think. I would say it's a little bit leaning towards the latter of what you said. Michael. Mm-hmm. there's the traffic back in those aisles and people are willing. They're willing to buy. I'm I'm selling things in Impulse I wouldn't have sold four years ago. People are willing to dabble a little bit, um, which is great, which, which is great for us. And again, revitalizing those categories that, you know, might have been not as a, such a high focus four years ago. We're, we're seeing that attention again. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Impulse buying is uh, is is far from dead. I, I think people, you know, uh, when you go to the grocery store, uh, you're still going to be stimulated somehow. Grocers tend to do a very good job in, in making you buy certain products. Uh, as we're we're curious beasts uh, as shoppers, so why not? And 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 that's how companies make money, and it's which is great. Art and science, art and science. Well, yeah. I'm, what I'm curious about now is let's talk about the products that were part of uh, Canadian Grand Prix. Took the hardware home for the, uh, as you said, the, the plant-based blue cheese dressing. But you had some other products in there as well. So talk a little bit about the products. You had a couple of, uh, well, you had a, um, a burger and, some, and uh, you had a panache product and a compliment. So take us through quickly the, uh, the products that wound up that you chose. Because I know there's a lot of products that come out of your great shop. Yeah. Um, so there's some decisions to be made about what's submitted. Talk about that for a bit, Mary. Yeah, we we were very proud. And it was difficult, Michael. It was difficult, definitely, to choose the, pre- the products we chose. Um, the plant-based dressing, which, of course, which was very successful within the awards, uh, we were so proud of that. And we're so proud of that lineup of what we carried. Uh, it's a lineup of condiments. There's a few dressings. There's a plant-based queso. Uh, there's a mayo-type spread. We really feel that this hits a consumer or a variety of consumers, I should actually say, whether you're a flexitarian, whether you're a vegetarian, whether you're vegan, like you can kind of click off all of those Mm -hmm. for this product. And, you know, it'll cater to anyone who's looking for a bit of a healthier lifestyle um, and has that desire to just eat cleaner and better. So we're so proud of this product because it actually tastes like blue cheese, um, which is very, very Mm. difficult to get Um, certified plant based. Uh, plant-based um, from 
our plant-based food certification. It's made with pea protein concentrate. Um, mm. The whole lineup is no artificial colors, no artificial flavors. So really proud of those products and really proud to have won the award with this. So, so pretty happy about this item specifically and how well it did. Um, in terms of our product selection, every year it's a bit of a struggle to choose. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many products like they're like our children, right? Yeah. We work on them for nine months, oh, yeah. literally. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and we always want to produce the best of the best cleanest of ingredients, which we know is important to consumers. Um, you know, now we're really thinking about how do we have that sustainable flair to it as well. So mm. difficult selection always, um, but really proud of this one specifically. How, how long is your uh, innovative cycle at SoBase to come up with a new product from, uh, from start to finish? How long, What would it take you on average? Depending on the complexity of the product, normally nine months is our nine average. Months. From conception to shelf, it's nine, nine and a half months. Um, this one took a little bit longer, truthfully, uh, just because we wanted to get the flavor right. And that blue cheese flavor without actually using any blue cheese was a little bit difficult. Um, so mm -hmm. I would say this mm -hmm. one took a little bit more of a year. Um, anything like burger-wise, fresh meat, although that's not my area, Um, I know that those take a little bit longer as well because the flavor profiles are just difficult. Uh, something like paper, if it's a paper product or if it's a bit of a me too, we can probably get that done in six to nine months. Okay. And, okay. and I guess pretty you, quick. Yeah. And yeah. do you, is it, is it kind of a guideline? I mean, basically is that kind of nine month um, as much a guideline to say, let's not, let's not spend forever on this. We got to go, 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 go. Yeah. We're going to make a decision. Because I'm sure there's a lot of ideas that never get into development Absolutely. or just get pushed off, right? Mm. And then, Absolutely. Right on, right on. I, I was looking at your um, the compliment smoke Gouda cheeseburger because I, I make a burger that uh, I think it's out of Minneapolis. They call it a Juicy Lucy where the cheese is on the inside, uh, which right. must have been the yeah, inspiration because that's that burger, right? The, the, the Gouda cheese is on the inside that that's a really uh, innovative that's a terrific product yeah. oh my god it's so rich it's, so it's rich. not even noon and i'm you know i'm know. drooling <laughs> michael you did such a good job of describing that it's 9 25 and i want to go make a burger so <laughs> um yeah And I, I honestly, unfortunately, cannot talk about the development of that product, mm -hmm. but I have tried the product. It's unbelievably rich. Um, and just, uh, it's yeah. such a great product. You're absolutely right. Um, and, you know, I love so many of our burgers. We have a, a jalapeno cheddar burger that I'm also in love with. Um, that's part of the compliments line. I'm seeing a lot of that jalapeno cheddar combination come back. Uh, we're actually working on a few items uh, mm. with impulse for that and definitely a popular pairing for certain. So anything stuff like that seems to be the way to go. People are looking for that experience, that real restaurant experience within their homes, on their barbecue. And I think that that's a great product that delivered. From, I mean, you've been doing this for, for most of your career. I'm wondering, you know, if you, as you reflect on the, on the COVID era and how people, um, how people eat. And Sylvan and I, Sylvan, we've talked about this quite a bit, is, is you know, so many people got used to uh, making their own food, eating at home, which is generally a, a pretty good thing, notwithstanding our friends in the restaurant industry. But I think they got more sophisticated as well. Like their palates... I think, you know, Mary, I'm just really curious to your thoughts. Like, Savannah and I talked about that people would get, A, more familiar with how hard it is to make good food consistently. Mm -hmm. But then, B, their expectations kind of went up. It's like, well, if I go to a restaurant and have an ordinary burger, eh, eh you know, I can make that yeah, myself or buy that myself. I don't need you for that. So is, does that frame, does that put a different frame on your product development 
at Sobeys that that maybe people's standards and sophistication. I mean, these are some pretty sophisticated products. Does that help frame and set the pace for the future? One million percent. Couldn't agree mm. with you more. People mm. expect more. So there's there's a lot of products that are pretty standard, but then there's those eating out experiences mm. that people are expecting to bring home. And our job really is what's the innovation to support that? What's mm. that perfect pairing? Right? Is it we just talked about a jalapeno cheddar? Is it adding a you know a more luxe um, sort of herb or spice like sage or, or or something like that into our food? How do we get a little more inventive? when we're delivering these products, especially a burger, a steak, um, you know, a beautiful risotto. How do we do that in such a way that we're offering that customer a differentiated experience, but an experience that they would almost expect at a restaurant? That's what we've really been tasked with, the innovation of developing new products um, to keep that customer in our store. Of course, we want them to go back to restaurants. That's just good for the economy as well. But we also want that experience that, you know, maybe they don't want to eat out as much. Maybe Mm -hmm. with inflation, they're looking to have that really luxe meal at home. How Mm -hmm. do we deliver that? And we spend a lot of time looking at what are the food trends? What are um, the new and upcoming trends with certain ingredients that we want to incorporate in our food? And that's something we've definitely tasked ourselves with this year. Um, I'm hoping, I'm thinking we're delivering that for our holiday and our summer lineup next year as well. So we're pretty excited about some of the things that we have on our way um, to really excite and delight that customer the way they're almost expecting us to now. In terms of understanding what lies ahead in terms of trends and, you know, I agree with you. I think we're dealing with a much more food literate marketplace compared to three years ago. Uh, people know more recipes if they've actually explored and used new ingredients. Um, what kind of metrics do you, do you look at in terms of understanding what lies ahead We look at Mintel, we have a bunch of research companies that we kind of look at to say these are the most popular um, flavor profiles that are being used, Mm. but these are the future ones we're seeing people dabble with. We're looking abroad as well. We've got a lot of really sophisticated, wonderful suppliers that do a ton of research across the world, not just within Canada. And they're coming back to us and they're saying, consider this pairing, Um, consider using this. So we're very tuned into the Canadian research that's in front of us, Mm -hmm. as well as the supplier research that, again, exists throughout the world. And we're also, we're, we're getting creative, right? We're even looking at menus and restaurants and understanding, huh, mm. what are they looking at? Is this something we should be considering? Everything we're doing, whether it's a dressing, whether it's a barbecue application, um, we're really seeing what's available and what's been slowly introduced and trying to make that our own trends as well. Interesting. What about, yeah. um, what about influencers or micro influencers, or, you know, folks who have who are online and, and doing, you know, whatever. I happen to have a barbecue cooking show. So like, I, I, I was just going to say Michael yeah. LeBlanc with <laughs> last request barbecue. Well, I, I mean, to keep the show interesting, I'm all, you know, I've, I'm always trying to come up with something different. So I made, for example, a uh, turkey two ways and I covered my turkey in mayo and then I put a, I, I covered it in honey. I did another one where I put spice oh on God. it and pepper and covered it in honey and then put butter on top and let the butter melt. And that became the, the sauce. Because uh, I'm just trying to, you know, a bit of entertainment, right? So, yeah. is there? Do you ever look to the to the online, to the Twitter, to the wherever, to just for a little, uh, a little bit? Of, it's a bit random, I suppose. It's, it is. I, I know. Um, and Michael, may I just stop and say, wow, and good for you with that turkey. Like that is <laughs> unbelievable. We surprisingly, truthfully, we look at all media sources. We look at TikTok as well. 
There are some really ah, great yes. recipes on TikTok that we look at. So um, the product developers have a slew of influencers they use. I, I can't quote them all, um, mm-hmm. but I do know that one of their data sources is actually TikTok. Mm. Um, and we're not shy of any social media site because there's innovation everywhere. You just have to look for it. And I think yeah. our job is, you know, to, to never turn anything down or turn a blind eye to anything and to be very cognizant as to what's around us. Um, so yeah, we're, we're not shy to any media source. And, and again, Michael, I will be using you as one of my influencers when <laughs> I look right. at the recipe. Well, TikTok actually is number three now in terms of food trends and food influence see, after Facebook and, and YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny how it's getting up there? Well, like yeah, it's, it's, it's got more time watched than YouTube now in, uh, uh, in, in these small snippets. It's, uh, it's really quite, uh, quite a thing. Well, listen, it's, it's been a great discussion. I mean, uh, you know, we, everyone is so familiar with, with Sobeys, but you've really, um, you've really brought uh, a, a whole new dimension, just an understanding, and it's really appreciated. And congratulations on that. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Taking- oh, thank you. We're... Thank you both so much. Thank you for the time um, and thank you for the conversation, of course. And really, thank you for recognizing the products. We work so hard. It's it's so nice for everyone that develops these um, to really be rewarded like that. So thank you both again. Well, thank you and, and continued success. And we'll be looking forward to uh, what comes out on the show next. So thanks again for joining us on the Food Professor Podcast. Great, guys. Have a great Thursday. Take care, Mary. Bye-bye now. Thanks for joining us on this special bonus episode of The Food Professor. Stay tuned for plenty of great interviews of the finalists from the Retail Council of Canada's Canadian Grand Prix New Product Awards. Stay tuned for our regular full-length episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you enjoy your podcast today.